0: Welcome today to Outpouring from the Throne Room of God with Ty and Betsy Tice. Our podcast today is, Who Are You Inviting to Your Table? Betsy, if you would start the scripture reading for 2 Samuel
1: 9. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul? that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul? that I may show the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Makar, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Makar, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold, thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul and to all his house. Now therefore, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, He shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Mekah, and all that dwell in the house of Ziba were servants under Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet.
0: As we shared earlier, our podcast today is, "Who are you inviting to your table?" David shows great kindness. To Jonathan's son. And I won't pronounce the name. I'll leave that to Betsy because it's one of those tough ones. Kings, when they come to rule, killed the family of those who had been in power. That way no one was left to try to take over the power again. This was 16 years after Saul and Jonathan's death. This was 10 years after David had been anointed king over all of Israel
1: David so loved Jonathan that when he was told of the son of Jonathan he wanted to give all of Saul's possession to a rightful owner David had Mephibosheth brought to him David gave him all of Saul and Jonathan's possessions David ordered the Ziba and his servants to serve Mephibosheth by farming the land and doing the harvest David ordered that Mephibosheth be seated at the king's table in a position as one of his sons. This is recorded in verses 7, 10, 11, and 13. David knew that this grandson of Saul and son of Jonathan, David's friend of friends, belonged at his table on behalf of Jonathan. David was glad to have this man sit and eat at his table for the rest of his life.
0: The table represents more than food. This is where good things are discussed and a place where ideas are discussed along with food. This is where conversation is made. In fact, this podcast right now is being done at the table. This is where the conversation is made and it is not usually quiet around the table unless something is wrong or a trauma exists. The table represents a place of friendship. This is not usually a place where enemies like to congregate together and laugh. This is a place of peace and ease. The table represents a place of sharing. It allows time to share thoughts and give opinions. It's a place for interaction with one another and listening to one another. The table represents a place for family. The most common participant around the table are family members. Eh, We say that that's a good thing. Sometimes families don't get along. But that's usually when you find that the table is very quiet. This is a place for bonding and attaching to one another. The guards are down, and we're now open one to another. The table represents a place of safety. This is not the time and place to fuss and feud. It is a safe place where lovers share their most intimate secrets with one another. The table is a place for community. This is where common people come and have common denominator with each other, they eat. This is a place to be formal. It is a place to be common with night clothes.
1: For the individual, entertainment and pleasure becomes the table. What are the desires of your heart? What do you find yourself pondering and dwelling upon? What do you find yourself attempting to achieve? Who do you desire to be with while you are safely in the secrets of your own heart? Who and what are you allowing to come to your table to bring pleasure and entertainment to your mind? In the secret chambers of your heart, what are the pleasures that you ponder and dwell upon? What is it that entices and seduces you? What is it that you love the most and what activity do you most dream about?
0: As a church who are we allowing to come to our table? Coming to the table with the church in mind means our embrace, our acceptance, our toleration, our participation and involvement. The Apostle Paul gives some instructions as to who and what the church is allowed to come to the table. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 11, from the Living Bible I'm reading, what a terrible thing it is that you're boasting about your purity and yet you let this sort of thing go on. This was a situation where a man was actually sleeping with his father's wife and they weren't doing anything about it. Don't you realize that if Even one person is allowed to go on sinning? Soon it will affect all? Remove this evil cancer, this wicked person from among you, so that you can stay pure. Christ, God's lamb, has been slain for us. So let us feast upon him and grow strong in Christian life, leaving entirely behind us the cancerous old life which, all of its hatred and wickedness. Let us feast indeed upon the pure bread of honor and sincerity and truth. When I wrote to you before, I said not to mix with evil people. But when I said that, I wasn't talking about unbelievers who live in sexual sin or are greedy cheaters and thieves. And I Idol worshipers? For you can't live in the world without being with people like that. What I meant was that you're not to keep company with anyone who claims to be a brother Christian, but indulges in sexual sins, or is greedy, or is a swindler, or worships idols, or is a drunkard, or abusive. Don't even eat lunch with such a person. I want to step in here right now and I want to say something that has always bugged me. And this has been as a pastor and as a bishop. I have watched churches that have allowed people that they know that are in total immorality be upon their worship teams because they had a certain instrument or they had a certain skill Brothers and sisters, this is not right. It's okay if they're in the audience. We expect these people to be in our audience because we're telling them the truth. But don't put them up there as somebody that the congregation should imitate. How dangerous is that in the house of God?
1: And now we read 2 Corinthians 5, 13 through 18 from the Living Bible. Are we insane to say such things about ourselves? If so, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefits. Whatever we do, it is certainly not for our own profit, but because Christ's love controls us now. Since we believe that Christ died for all of us, we should also believe that we have died to the old life we used to live. He died for all, so that all who live having received eternal life from him, might live no longer for themselves to please themselves, but to spend their lives praising Christ, who died and rose again for them. So stop evaluating Christians by what the world thinks about them or by what they seem to be like on the outside. Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way, merely as a human being like myself, how differently I feel now. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. All these new things are from God, who brought us back to himself through what Christ Jesus did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. 2
0: Corinthians 7.11 since we have these promises dear friends let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of reverence for god
1: instruction is also given in the revelation and directed to the individual churches revelation 2 6 Warning against the practices of the Nicolaitans, which God hates. Not that he hates the Nicolaitans, but their practice.
0: Revelation 2.14, warning against the teaching of Balaam, a teaching of greedy seduction and idolatry.
1: Revelation 2.20, warning against tolerating spiritual witchcraft and enticements of sexual immorality. Also, warnings concerning rebellion against the spiritual authority within the structure of the church body,
0: Revelation three two, warning against lethargy, and the blind seduction of
1: ease and
0: slothfulness,
1: Revelation three fifteen, warning against lukewarmness, pride, and self-sufficiency.
0: The most comforting illustration of gathering around the table is revelations 3 20 and 21
1: here I am I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in and eat with him and he with me to him who overcomes I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne
0: today The Lord Jesus is inviting you and me, brothers and sisters, to open the door, to sit at his table, and to have communion with him. That's our desire for you today, to have God's communion. And when you sit at the table, to know that the table that you're sitting at is pure and is just and is the one that God has designed for you. God bless you.